Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. Today, my guest is Ann Jersh, author of the book, Future Vision, Your Working Life, 10 Strategies to Get Ahead. As we all know, change is going to come in our careers no matter what. And if we don't anticipate the change, chances are we'll slip backwards. Ann has developed a unique tool called Future Visioning to help us anticipate the way forward in our journey. And she's going to tell us about that today. Ann, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really, really happy to be here. I'm glad you are here because I've been excited to talk to you. Um, so why don't we start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, Future Vision, Your Working Life? Well, I've worked as an intuitive for a great many years, well, many decades. Um, and it was just over 20 years ago, I developed the uh, future vision in zooming off into the future. We found the accuracy was phenomenal. And it was about six, just over six years ago, I started to really see that we're going to get sideswiped time and time again. The world's going to keep changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, we have a load of change, and then we think it'll all settle down. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we've got continual change, which is scary. Um, but when people are smart, they can actually thrive in these times because most right. people won't be smart. Most people are freeze, <laughs> be frightened to change. We want change, but we're scared of it. So I kept seeing all this change and I, I thought I need to come up with st- some strategies because I could see people not coping. They mm-hmm. weren't coping with the overwhelm of all we have to do, we have to deal with these days. I can see so much change. It was just, it, it pick any industry. And there's change right. after change after change, as well as world changes. So I just thought I need to put some strategies together. And I started to watch the people that seem to handle these times. They just take it in their stride. Mm-hmm. And I tapped into what we need to intuitively tapped in. And I come up with 10 strategies that I really felt we need in order to thrive in the future. Yes. And I absolutely loved your book. Like I said, I found when I first saw the title, I was like, now this is interesting. How, what, what is this? How will this work? And in the first chapter, when you talk about being guided by your intuition, um, I mean, intuition is something we talk a lot about on the show. It's something I'm very interested in. I'm always working with myself intuitively and see how I can continue to grow that. Um, but what I found about your book is the exercises you give. I love that you give exercises, you give real world Mm. examples and you give exercises, but they were so doable because sometimes I Mm. think what you talked about with people, when we think about change or fear and, and things like that, we, we are, we're not taught to trust our intuition. Most of us don't know how to do that. We are Mm. afraid of it. We think we're doing it wrong. And what I really loved about your book was that you made it accessible to people. It, 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 Mm. it is very simple if people are willing to do it. I think many things today are overcomplicated and often we overcomplicate it for the wrong reasons. It makes people feel clever if it's complicated (laughs) or we use really long words. Um, I, I like things that I found the best people I've met in the world in in this field, in the spiritual self-help field, people I've gone and trained with, their work simple, that they, they, they keep it straightforward, bullet points, they tell you what they need to know and how to do it. It's easy to waffle on and waste a lot of time. It's too tiring these days. The, what we need now is succinct knowledge yeah. of how 
it's interesting what you say about the intuition because what actually happened was I wasn't born intuitive I my grandmother was a fortune teller so I knew it worked I used to watch her looking around the door so I went out to study how intuition works so I've actually studied how intuition works then once you know how it works you can teach it to other people now if you do something naturally you usually don't know how to tell other people because you because you do it naturally because I had to go and learn to be intuitive that's how I could come up with strategies Yes. So let's start there because I wanted to focus for our conversation today on three of the 10 strategies in your book. And these were my favorite ones that I um, really felt like, and I felt like would be great conversation. So the three that I loved were strategy one, being guided by your intuition, uh, strategy two, understanding how you process your intuition, which I think is very important. Um, and strategy eight, which was stretch time, which I loved that one too, because doesn't everybody want more time? Um, so let's start with strategy one and, and talk about being guided by your intuition. And maybe you could talk a little bit about how you said you studied intuition since you didn't, you felt that was something you needed to hone in on a little bit more. So maybe if you could touch in on that too, for people who are uh, wanting to tune in more to their intuition, but maybe aren't sure how to go about it. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I, as I said, I used to watch my grandmother and I used to try and have a premonition. As a kid, I'd sit there at the end of the bed and go, right, I'm going to know something. Enough. I never, even by guesswork, I never got it right. You think yeah. I'd have the old get nothing, nothing at all. But I, um, in my teens, I went out to India because that was kind of back then, that was where you went to learn mystical things. We didn't right. have spiritual bookshops. We did, our local bookshop never found esoteric material we didn't have the internet we didn't have all the things we got today so I set off for India as a teenager I went to ashrams and I tried all these different things then it's the maddest thing um I I couldn't I'm terrible I'm trying to do meditation I'm a fidget I'm hyperactive I like being hyperactive so I'm rubbish at meditation and focusing and it didn't work for me and then I met a beggar and he taught me a beggar a beggar. It was. It was. It was the oddest thing. I was in Calcutta, and it was weird because people say we don't want to go to Calcutta. They never ever said why. They just thought <laughs> think it was, it was so long way away from everything else I was traveling right. around. And I went there, and this guy just seemed smiling. There was something about him, and I think we don't always realize. Where I was noticing his energy, but of course we didn't right. realize it. I was only I was only young then, and I'd stop and talk to him, and he started to just explain things about intuition he'd explain about energy he'd explain time and I just used to sit with him I'd take him food or something I'd sit on his mat and talk to him it was uh yeah and when I came back I changed uh by the time I was away a year when I came back there was something different about me and my best friend bought me a pack of tarot cards I tried to read before and I couldn't make head or tail of it what's it mean this one next to that one and that one there couldn't make head or tail of it I picked them up and I could read them it was almost as if something clicked in I I just knew what they meant and uh that that was me I'm still reading cards did a reading an hour ago I still read cards but with with the actual breaking down I think what we don't realize is it's usually subtle yeah intuition is subtle so we expect it to be oh my god I've just had a feeling not to drive that and it's not we just start hesitating my biggest intuition for my own life is when I'm hesitating think why am I hesitating that is always a big message so we all do it we say we've got this lovely restaurant up the road we love it and one day we go don't fancy that today why why don't you fancy what is different today 
Yeah. And you ignore that. You go and it's crazy busy. The best chef's not there and da, da, da. And you go, I knew I shouldn't have gone there. How yeah. did you know? And we don't listen to that because it is just something undefinable. But it is that. Instead, I've got to tell you, there's this amazing study and it's quite an old study. They found when a, there's been a train crash up to usually around 25% less people who usually catch that train show up. Yeah. 25%, that's a huge figure. There's no real reason. They don't didn't wake up that day and go, oh, no, there's going to be a train crash. Something stopped them. And I actually had this with a family member. They're like clockwork. We're not morning people. So he got up this morning and he always gets up, tea, shower, at the door, da, da, da. you know, we're quite like that morning right. pattern. Got up one day and he just sort of looked puzzled and went, I think I'm going later. And I said, why? He said, I don't know. And he looked confused by it. Yeah. He went, no, no, I'm going to go in a bit later. Never goes in later. On time. That was the day the tube was bombed in London. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, yeah. it's just crazy how that intuition, especially on that, because him feeling confused by that, right? There's something yeah. there. That, and especially in that case, feeling there's something in that enough churning in the body that the body for him maybe couldn't make sense of it, yeah. but the confusion was enough to keep him stationary and to go in later. And what your point about it being intuition, being subtle, I've realized that in my own life as I've just tried things, tested things, learned things, you know, yeah. we, I think sometimes we want it to be this big crashing thing or this like big slap yeah. in the face kind of thing. Right. But yeah. it's not, yeah. and it, and it's, it never will be, that's not its role, right. It's role is to be this subtle thread feeling, you know, whatever you want to call it, that keeps pulling hmm. you in the direction that you're, you know, that you're meant to go. That's for your highest good. Um, one thing I loved, you had a quote at the beginning of your book about, um, uh, I think it was something about people saying they feel like they're doing it wrong and, or, or they're worried about making up what they're experiencing. You know, yeah, when we tap yeah. into our intuition, you want to tell the listeners what you, what your comment is to that? Well, I, I take people into the future and, and, you know, it's the same as if I took somebody to a past life or a future, future lifetime we're heading this in their current lifetime, your brain will try and make sense of it because your brain will be saying, you can't see the future. Let me see, right. can you see right. the future? So your brain will try it and find a logical reason why. And it will say, oh, it's because you saw that movie or you read that in the book, or it's because you want that to happen. It's kind of the brain will argue with you. And I think that held me back a little bit with the yeah. future vision in work because I think for a few years, even though I was working with the military guys, even though we were consistently accurate, there was still part of us thinking, yeah, but, you know. Am um, I making this up? Am I just making yeah, this up? And yeah. then, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it luck? Is it luck? Even though one of our first experiences was a dramatic world event that we could never have guessed, you know, never right. tack on the Twin Towers, nothing like that had ever happened before. It was the first thing we envisioned. Uh, and we wasn't trying to look into the future. We were trying to look at the past. And of course, when it happened, it, it blew us away. So yeah. I think uh, one of the things I say to my clients, if, if that's for overthinkers, and a lot of us live in our head these days. Yeah. Overthinkers, yeah. They, they will overthink it. And I always say to them, I tell you what, make it up. Go on, just make it up. Let, let, and that gets the flow going. And I go, then come back to me in six months and tell me how it's all happened. Yeah. Do. Yeah. 
yeah, when we're free, when we free ourselves to do that, it's, um, we, we relax into it and it doesn't feel like we're faking it or, and you even say in your book, like you ask the question, okay, so have you ever felt like that you're making it up about anything else? Right. So why do you mm-hmm. feel like you're making it up about this? Right. Why, why can't we just lean in and, and trust it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your future visioning and what that means or what that entails? And then I want to, I have a short, a story to share with you on the exercise for, from your book when I did this. So I want to tell goody. you about that afterwards. Oh, goody. I love that. Um, it, it started out, as I said, I was working with some military guard and they wanted to see something from the past. Uh, we all jumped forward and we saw the attack on the Twin Towers. This was three weeks before it happened. Mm-hmm. We couldn't make sense of it because nothing like that had happened before. Um, I was used to looking into the future with card. This was a different ball game. Right. And, of course, when it happened three weeks later, we were shell-shocked and we were, we were upset because we didn't know enough to stop it. Mark Twain said, what's the point of seeing every little bird that falls what's the point of seeing it fall um and I, I'm a big fan of Mark Twain I thought that was such a good quote what's the point yeah. of seeing it if you can't change a tragedy yeah but after a little while we started to experiment we started to predict lots of world events um one of the things I worked particularly with one soldier Dave and he said um he, he said uh, we're, America and England are going to invade Iraq and we actually laughed it sounded so ludicrous at the time yeah. Um, it sounded really ridiculous. So we consistently did that for several years. And then I started to experiment with clients. And I'd take them maybe into a future lifetime or ahead five years. The thing that really got me was they were coming back and going, that house I saw myself living in, I'm living in it. That person yeah. I saw myself marrying, I've met them. But the bit that really got me was it was happening much sooner. I love yeah. that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not very patient. So it's just <laughs> <Who like, is? laughs> Patience is so overrated, isn't yeah. it? I want it now. Let's get let's get yeah, life yeah. moving. So, um, I like that as if we're bringing the best of the future into our current consciousness, and I love that because we bypass that. Oh, I, I I dated three bad people before I met the right one. We bypass. I went to that other job that was disaster before I went to the right company. We kind of honed in and went to what we needed, and we brought it kind of brought the energy of it back. Yes. Yes. Now. Because you've got to be able to, to make something happen. We try and manifest and make things happen with where we are now, with how we feel now. Right. Um, with our current limitations. And that's why manifesting is harder than we realise. We go beyond that. We go and get that energy. So once you can feel it and see it and taste it and smell it, you make it happen. So, yeah, we, I, I work with clients. I work with companies. We look at world events. It's just it's just magical. We've got a whole... So what happened was... I saw myself, my life started to fast track massively. I ended up with a, a big book deal. The book went out worldwide, sold massively. So I started to think, oh, crikey, I can't do this all myself. I love jumping on planes, maybe able to train a few other people. And that was it. The training company just went ballistic, oh. just went ballistic. Just uh, people, because a certain, not everybody's going to get it. But the ones right. that do really get it, they get, okay, I want to tap into that. I, I like that. Yeah. I want to be able to tap into the future and find the best way forward. And it benefits everybody. So say for yeah. you, you tapping in and finding your an amazing future, it can only benefit the people around you. When we're struggling, we, we're not helping anyone. Anyway, you've got a story for us. I do have a story. <laughs> and, and what I love about that, about your 
about jumping into the future and bringing that energy back. Cause you're exactly right. How, and I've talked about that a lot on the show here about, um, I always refer to it as our come from energy, right? Where we're at in our current state and it's the energy we're bringing out into the world. But like you said, if we're in a, we don't like what, what, whatever our situation is, we're going to continue. We can try to muscle and try to think happy thoughts and try to, you know, do things like that. But what I love about your approach is we're going to the future. We're bringing that, getting that energy and what that feels like. And we're bringing it back to the present moment. And I think that is what a lot of different techniques miss is that they're, they're trying to use the same energy in the current moment. And what I love about yours is we're going to get it. So in the book, um, Anne has in the first chapter, there's an, every chapter has exercises, but the first one I did was the one is called step up to the future. And I'm not going to go into all the details so that um, if, if you're interested, I, I would highly recommend Anne's book. I mean, this book is amazing, um, but there's a, a technique she get, talks you through to take you into the future and talk to your future self thousand years ahead. So I, I did this exercise and this is something um, I'm somewhat familiar with doing, not in the way that you presented it, but I, what, I have done this in other ways before. Um, so what I, I went to my future self, you know, I was talking, I was, um, feeling different things, having these conversations. And I asked my future self about a current situation, you know, is this going to work out? Or it it was something, should I do this or should I do that kind of question? And what, and I even wrote this in your book so I could remind myself of this. It, I, my future self said to me, if you want something, why would you give up on it? And, And what it was saying was like the question, the energy I was bringing in the current state right now was it was really energy of, I want this thing, but I don't think I can have it. And when I went to my future self, I could see myself having it. And so my future self asked me, if you want it, why would you give up on it? And I, and it was so, it was such an easy, you know, way to look at it and so profound and so simple yet in my current energy, I could not see that. I could only see the, I want it, but, and so I really, that, that exercise was so powerful. And I just, I wanted to share that with you and with the audience to really encourage people to tap into this because there was so much value here. I love that. That's really good. It took me a long time to be able to connect with a thousand years. I was going next lifetime, you know, maybe a hundred years or 50 years or for the world or five or 10 years for our current life. It's a long time before I could get to a thousand years. Once I did, I found it clicked in and I find I can take other people there very easily. And uh, it's profound. I mean, do you know, I think a lot of the time people talk about seeing angels. I think it is their far distant future self from a long way in in the future it's just I did a test group when I first started going that far I've got a few of my practitioners in and I just got them to write down I took them a thousand years and got them to describe their future self and every single one of them tall kind of translucent it was very angelic and I what better guide could you have than yourself (laughs) right and no I know I love that and that to me was in I think also doing this exercise it it puts, it puts the resonance of that feeling within you. And so that resonance, once it's there, you, you can recognize it and you know what that is. So it doesn't feel like such a foreign thing 
to think about the future. Like if I'm thinking about it with my mind, just in every day, right. It feels so far off. It feels unobtainable or it feels like I felt in my situation. I want it, but I can't have it. But when you're in the, when you go there in, in that mental state where you've relaxed yourself enough, you're in there and you allow yourself to go there, you allow yourself to be creative with it and just let it unfold without trying to control it or, you know, thinking yeah. that it's not real or whatever. It, the, the resonance, like we're saying, it come, the energy comes into you today in your current state, which then mm. to me, what it felt like, it also, it like loosened me up. It softened me up. It, it, it I wasn't as rigid anymore. Right. And mm. I, I think that knowing what that feels like now is, is cause that's part of the whole, you know, we talk about the law of attraction, right? That's the whole, that's the whole premise of that get the feeling of what you want now so you can have it later. Well, again, we're trying to do that with current state energy that isn't allowing us because if we, if we were doing it now, we would have the thing that we want. Right. So it was like, to me, it always felt like a catch 22. Like I was going in circles. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. One, it is that difference. I think also we've got so many options these days. No, it, it really is. Well, I should do that. Maybe I should do that. And do, yeah. We've all got at any one point. I'm thinking, should I be making more webinars? Well, should I write yeah. another book? Should I be right. making more of this? Should I put on a different training? Should I be sorting out the websites? We've all probably got 10 different. So it all gets a bit jumbled up. Then we ever have, then we go and learn something new and I better take that course and read that book. Right. Once I once I started going into the future, when that's what I do. When I wrote that book, I ignored everything. I, I actually was collecting information for five years mm. that's I usually write a book in six months I was collecting ideas for for five years just collect and then I spent a year writing it and I just went to ground I just literally worked on it because I knew I, I had to and that's the, yeah. that's the lovely bit about going into the future all the other things people go why don't you do this why don't you do that blah, blah, blah. I went no I know what I need to do and it, it is that 110% focus you've noticed yeah. people like Steve Jobs they just they he would only eat they have that obsessive or Elon Musk they have that obsessive focus on something once you know and you're not jumping around 10 different things you can really focus and it's energy it's mindset it's everything starts yeah. to lead you towards it but you need to know what it is and I'm glad you found yours yes <laughs> me too thank you but you know I, and also when you're when we know what we're doing, when we know what we're going after, it stops the questioning of, you know, how we do the internal questioning of it. Am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? Right. This solves that because there's no, there's no question. And, um, there was another exercise in the book I did and it was, um, I can't remember which one it was, but it was, there was another where I think I only went like six months in the future. And it was also Mm. this, I, I actually got to the point with it where all I had to do was think of myself six months in the future, you know, connect with myself six months in the future. Think about one thing, think about the other. And I could energetically feel the answer. That's how, yeah. that's how it what turned out for me. Um, I know it's different for different people, depending on where they are and if they're willing to let themselves go there. But that, that is one thing. And that was fast. That was within five minutes. I could do that. So it really is an amazing yeah. process. Like what you hear so far, take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show. Once you've done it a couple of times, you do get so you can just snap into the future. And, yeah. and I love that. When you go and look at the options, that can be really interesting. You have to find the wrong app. You can watch people when I'm working, when I'm taking people for a session, they'll go, hmm, I've got to stay in this job. You know, yeah. almost like 
and then it'll be ding the other option you know something yeah. they, they might not even physically move it, it's almost if you sense their energy lifting yeah. up but you can see that shift into that's what I want that's 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 the future I'm going for yes and everything aligns for that yeah and so let's move into strategy two where and we touched on this a little bit about understanding how you process intuition and we had mentioned how it's not always as lightning bolt strike as maybe we might think it's more of those subtler type feelings can you talk a little bit about that and uh what you've you know what you've learned over your time studying it yeah there's two two things really i want to mention one is we don't think of it as a physical thing but it is a physical thing i was studied by a guy really a long time ago and he said when you're doing a reading and you really know something you make a fist as you're talking to the person then you touch your stomach which is almost like saying gut feeling right i did not i just said to him i don't do that i had no (laughs) idea that i did that after i started to notice but sometimes it is a physical thing a physical for me it's like a stop i just stop 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 what i'm doing stop for some people it could be squidgy feeling in their stomach sometimes it is yeah it's either the stomach yeah your stomach, well, you're gut yeah. based. I like gut based people because they take action, they tend to move. Yeah, I interviewed um, a guy, Carl Smith, who's who's uh, a leading hypnotherapist, hypnotherapy trainer in the UK, but he's ex soldier, ex army. And he said, when something's not right, it feels like a, a actual physically like a tight band around his head. Uh-huh. And there was one time he was in a, a, in a minefield, they're driving across field after field after field, I forget where it was now, somewhere in Eastern Europe. And all of a sudden they got to one field and he just went, whoa, I've got a feeling around my head. Uh, and another guy in the vehicle felt the same. The driver thought they were potty. But they stopped and they spent 48 hours there while people uh, cleared the minefield. Oh. They'd actually driven into a minefield. Yeah. But he actually went and got tested for blood pressure because it was such a physical feeling. Yeah. 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 He could actually feel this tight band. And ages later, he he had a, a, a packed up, he was packing up, he was had the army a policeman packing up his equipment and thinking right I better leave my locker tidy I'm not going to be back here and if part of him thought why would I think that you know yeah. I just had this random thought and think why did yeah. I think that uh that he was home two or three minutes and a car flew through the wall that's crazy I read that in your book yes that's crazy that's so crazy after that it, and he really went through a lot you know sort of nine months of yeah. physical you know rehab apart from the mental mental post-traumatic stress. But he said after that, he would always know if there was somebody who was a drunk driver, yeah. being in a patrol car, and he'd go, they'd be driving quite normally. He would know it's that instinct. It kind of starts to come up, doesn't it? Now, how we break that down. If any of you have studied NLP, look at the submodalities. We learn submodalities in NLP. One of the and what is NLP for those maybe who don't know? Right, neuro-linguistic programming. It was uh, devised by Dr. Richard Bandler and Dr. Grinder. And I I think it life-changes stuff, NLP. Uh, It teaches you how you process. You know, it's like we kind of keep repeating patterns and we do it unconsciously. So how are we going to change it? They can actually tell what your pattern is and how to change it. So part of uh, NLP is to look at the submodalities. So say if I was to get you to think of really bad experience, I'd say, what is the image in your head? And you might say it's dark, it's cloudy, it's a small crushed image. I might feel my shoulders tensing up. Right. And you go through all the processes. What does it sound like? Then if I say to you the best day of your life, 
you you would describe it differently. You say, well, the picture, we don't actually ever stop and think, oh, the picture when I have a good experience is bright and sunny, right. it's a big image, my, my shoulders go back. So I found that you have the submodalities of intuition. That day you thought, I really don't, I don't like it here. There's something bad in this place or that person, I've got a really bad vibe. I get them to break down the submodalities. What's the picture in your head? Is it moving? Is it still? Is that what, what can you hear? What's happening in your body? What do you feel? Yeah. And I get them to break down the processes. And in the future, any time, <coughs> excuse me, they get a weird feeling like that. And you might only get a slither, but once you know that's how you code negative intuition, you only need a slither to go, hang on a minute, let me check yeah. this out. And then you go to one where I just knew that was the right way to go. I knew that was the thing to do. I knew it was the, that that was going to be brilliant. I couldn't wait to get there and do that. And you find the code for that. Whenever you get that, it might be a warm tingle in your stomach. It can be all, all different things. You'll have a code for that. As soon as you get that warm feeling, you go, right, we go ahead. And business people do this. Business people right. use their intuition more. And they talk about... Yeah. And that, and everybody has access to that, to that kind of, you know, and it's, it's the three cues that, like you said, it's what you hear, what you see and what you feel at the time. And the other really interesting part about this to me is that everybody's cues are going to be different. Like I'm going to feel something different than you. You're going to hear something. One, one of the more interesting times for me, when I was first learning about this and starting out, when I was tapping into my intuition and feel and understanding what my, you know, what, was triggered, what I could recognize was, um, I met somebody once and, uh, this person was running like a spiritual group, uh, in charge of a very big group. And I met this person. And as soon as I shook this person's hand and I looked at her in the eyes, in my mind, the phrase, don't trust the eyes. Okay. Like that's what I heard in my mind immediately. I like, I, I actually pulled back because I was caught so off guard, but that person, I did not trust that person after that. I didn't go back to any of that, that person's events, mm. but it was so clear in my mind hearing it. And all it mm. took was that touch of the hand and that slight, it was like a zing through my body of like, this is not wow. a person you want to be around. And wow, I, I think everybody's probably had similar situations like that. And we just, you know, we've been taught to ignore them or not think of them as any big deal, but these small, like you were saying, these small slivers, these small, th- that thing that makes you like do a double take, or like you said, you stop. Like for me, I, I always feel it in my stomach. It feels like a sword going back and forth in my, that's the, that's just my cue. So, um, pay attention, right? These things are worth paying attention to because these are your, this is your personal guide, your personal compass and, um, having the paying attention to these honing in, like you talk about in your book. And I know your book focuses a lot, focuses a lot on work and career, but I mean, this is applies for anything, right? It can be anything in anyone's life that they're they're, uh, wanting to change or improve. Um, we have this guidance system and now I, hopefully after, what we've experienced over the past couple of years um, and people have become mm. more aware of this, more awakened to this type of uh, the importance of this. Um, hopefully people will, will start to develop this and then think of the world. If we all started acting, acting um, according to our own intuition, we'd all be doing mm. every, everyone would be more in alignment, doing more things that were right for them, which in, in turn, you know, that resonates out into the world. I say that a lot. One thing I love is when you sort of say about um, focusing and listening to that, like you recalled from that woman. 
most people, especially spiritual people, go, oh, God, she's probably very nice. What's wrong with yeah. me? What am I thinking? Yeah. You know, yeah. we're not trusting it. But I think you're absolutely right. When you said about what we resonate out into the world, I come across so many spiritual people and they post in negative stuff, angry stuff all day long on Facebook and, and Instagram. And I just say, if we create our own reality, what we creating if every day we're ranting and hating and yeah you know oh look at the rich they're just getting richer and you just go yeah. look just help other people help yourself look just send out some good vibes of encouragement you know people are so divided these days and they're rowing yeah. all day long I, and that's what they're putting out in the world they're putting out in the world division anger just yes. get your bit right right and even if you think about you know writing negative comments or posting negative things you can feel that internally when you're writing those things, you can feel the negativity. You can feel in your mind, Mm -hmm. your mind is most likely saying you probably shouldn't write that. Don't post that. Don't go there. Walk (laughs) away. Right. But how many people listen, right? Most of them don't. So it's, it's those cues are there. It's if you're willing to listen. Yeah. And I think, I think collectively we could be creating an amazing future. I think, I think we can glimpse. One of the exercises I've got on my website that I really is a favorite of mine is look at the world. It's a free one. Anyone can download it. Look at the world in 50 years. Just get an idea. How is it? The environment, finances, people in the world. Have a look. Make a note. Now go to our best possible future for the world in 50 years. The best part. And how do we make that happen? And what is your mm-hmm. personal part to play? Yeah. And I love that because... You know, it's in our hands. We 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 can do anything. Yes. You know, yes. it's in our hands. Rather than going, it's going to be terrible. Man, right. But it's up to us, isn't it? It's up to us and our children. And yes, and having that having them. that role. I, I'm going to mm. call it a role because when you tap in like that, you look in the future, you think about how you want it to be. And then you think of your role in it because often it feels yeah. too big. I can't do anything about it. Forget there's not, yeah. it's not worth it. Right. But if you think about that and you think about your role, then that also is another direction. If you're tuned in for you to follow, because then you understand your next steps because you understand why you're doing it. You're not, uh, it doesn't feel so overwhelming at that point. It feels, uh, doable and it's in your span of control. That's, that's one of the big things that I think we, we get worked up over is we try to fix these things that are out of our span of control, but we have a span of control and we can do something about it. And that, that to me is where the magic is. If you're looking for purpose or trying to understand what your next steps are, it's within your span of control. That's where to look. Yeah, absolutely. And, and once you find your part to play, if you go and have a little glimpse at the future and find your part to play, you become aligned to the world and your path and your purpose and your life will be a whole lot better and you will attract better people I just find you start attracting once you walk the right path for you once you know your mission which I love helping people find their mission once you know your mission the right people start showing up how they're going to find you if you're on the wrong path or you're over here or you're over there or you don't even know what it is right when you don't even know exactly you know Yeah. yeah yeah So let's talk about the the strategy eight, which is stretching time. This one to me was so interesting. It's, and I know we don't have to go into every detail of it because, uh, you know, it's all in your book, but um, the concept of stretching time and, and, you know, you talk about in there about how we all feel frazzled. We all feel like there's not enough time and you're, you're, you really do have an amazing way to um, help us reframe that in your book. 
yeah time time fascinates me i mean we waste huge amounts of it and say yeah. we don't have time we are overwhelmed these days i find we are overwhelmed because we're trying to do everything be everything learn everything talk to everyone we we are really really are coming into a time of overwhelm i think part of that is because our brain filters haven't caught up i mean yeah. look at how much more you're dealing with now than 20 years ago so our brain filters are isn't filtering out as much as it should be a brain filtering out stacks of stuff the whole time but it hasn't changed enough one of the things i i like i like playing with time and I, I I put in the book uh, how I had one morning and we've all got this. We'll all have this where you got that day where you go, I, I don't know I'm going to do all this. I do, I do yes. not know I'm going to fit this. Uh, people I had to phone urge, like super urgently. I needed to get, drop somebody off at the hospital. There were roadworks. Thank you. You wake up <laughs> and there's roadworks, which means you can't, you know, takes forever. Uh, I left early. I had a full day of clients and the traffic just stopped. And I thought I'm going to get, they're after my client I don't know how I'm going to do this day I've got to make that I've got to get hold of the estate agent otherwise you'd probably say real estate um otherwise I'm going to lose that house that I've been fighting for for it and everything it was just like yeah one of those days yeah yeah and I so I sat there and I just kind of asked about time and I, I was actually stuck in traffic you know it's like you can go into that state but you're still aware of the traffic and if it moves and you're kind of in that sort of double state and I had this image of I haven't got a bit of stringy but it's almost like a bit of string or licorice or something and I was shown time sort of doing this bending back and it's like oh that's how you can see from there to there twisting and stretching and once I saw the stretching thing wow that's interesting so I thought about my day as I'm stuck in traffic my my first client was due in within a short space of time and I imagine how does time look now we code time in our brains if you ask people where's last Christmas they'll probably point behind them right if you go work three months time they'll point in front how how is it all staggered out so I imagined my day and 10 a.m was about there 12 was there two was there and I imagine stretching it out. So 10 a.m. was further out. And all, the whole thing was further out. And it was weird because I, all of a sudden the traffic moved and I got to the office early. It, it's almost like it wasn't possible. And I managed to drop the person off at the hospital. It flowed with my clients. I got hold of the, I made the phone calls really quick as soon as I got in, got hold of it. It's almost as if things slotted into place better. So yeah. It stretched out the time. It was really really odd and I, and I found it really cool that we can play yeah play I, when time. I was reading it yes because it's like when we pick it like if you if you picture yours everyone's been there stuck in traffic if you picture yourself sitting there in traffic it, it's almost like you, it feels like the thing you need to get to is like right at the hood of your car maybe right it's right there like I have to get right yeah. there but I it's going to take me forever to get there but with that exercise of stretching it out and feeling like you've had more time it doesn't feel so um, acute as if we yeah. need it right this second. And it's, it's amazing to me that we can, these things that feel uh, static or feel um, stuck, like there's no bendable bendability to it. This example yeah. is the perfect example of how we can, as you say, stretch time, right? It, it is possible. Um, it may not feel like it, but if you tune in, if you're doing this kind of work already, I think it's, it's, it's it, 
these things will start to, it, to me, it feels like they start to come naturally. That, that's how it's felt for me. They don't feel impossible. Like if you're just verbalizing with maybe someone who is not, uh, uh, maybe a friend who is like skeptical of this or something. Um, but if you start doing this, once you start seeing it, then you get the, almost like the evidence that, oh, wait, that is possible. And then you're, you can easy, you, it's easy to move into some of the other strategies. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I read quotes from some of the greatest quantum physicists and they all said, I have no idea how time works. We know it's not in a straight line. We know it's not one, two, three, four, five, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but we don't know how it works. In fact, several, yeah. I found some of the quotes quite funny. What one guy said, uh, I wish I'd never had anything to do with it. I wish I'd never started <laughs> looking into it. The quotes were quite, quite amusing. Yeah, they were. Um, and they said, if you think you know how it works, you haven't understood it. Yeah. I, I just love the yeah. quote. I love the quotes they've got them written down somewhere. They, they really are magical. Because we don't know. I mean, time actually moves at different speeds in different places. If, if you were at the top of a very, very, very tall tower and I'm down there, time, which way around is it? I think it goes slower when you're on the ground than it does up there. You can actually measure that with a very finely tuned Oh, clock. interesting. Interesting. Uh, it'd be a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second, but there is a difference. Somebody in a spacecraft has a different, their time, they age less than we do on Earth. It, it's hard. We just, I don't think our brains have the capacity to really understand time. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think our brains can. I don't think, but I think we're coming up to a point where we are starting to understand. And one of the things I, one of the reasons I feel that, I think, uh, I could be wrong, but I think a lot of films and TV shows are divinely inspired. I, I feel when the time's right, it's almost yeah. like we're receiving, I think it's from our future selves. 20 years ago, you pushed to find shows about floating around in time, timelines. Yeah. There weren't that many. Now every other film's got that concept, change the past, zoom off into the future. And I think it's because we're ready to under start understanding that concept. Yeah, it is fascinating. And I mean, we could do a whole show on time. <laughs> I mean, it's just so fascinating. But um, we are coming up on our time, unfortunately. And this has been such an amazing conversation. I, I think I could talk to you for hours. It's just so you're I love your energy, very upbeat. And I love, um, like I said, I loved your book. It was uh, so amazing. So um, before we close out today, what do you want to make sure the listeners know maybe about yourself or about your book and even about future visioning? Um, what would you offer to the listeners today? I what I really had to write that book. I was kind of so compelled to write it. And there's lots more in the book about finding your tribe. People are so isolated or separated or just have too many people around. And we need to find our tribe. But the book's packed with exercises. So I would love you to read. I'm not just trying to sell books. I really felt I was on a mission to, yeah, no, to and write, I can tell write that, this book. Yeah, it was really. very very um doable everything in your book i found very doable which i loved it was um and very impactful so yeah sorry go ahead <laughs> one one thing i would say would say is everybody i meet i can see there's so much to more to them than they yeah. than they believe themselves and that's yeah. that's to me is the magic working with someone and just going no there's so much more to you girl i was working with earlier she's great with art and i just went but you should be out there everywhere not just doing it in your back bedroom and locally just get it out there go whatever you I see the magic in people and I think that's the bit what I try to do with my my work is 
find that bit of magic and make them so much more. D don't die with your music inside you when you're elderly. Don't look back and think, oh, I could have written that book. I could have put on that big yeah. training. I could, I could have done that seminar. Go do it. Go. go. Yeah. That's what I like, finding the magic. I want people to know they're so much more than they know. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that's really, you know, a lot of the basis of, of the show. So, um, and thank you again for joining us. Can you let the listeners know how they can find more about you and your book? Well, you've got my name. So make a note of the odd spelling of my name. Um, I'm everywhere. So I'm not shy. So look me up. Uh, you can go to andjershotmail.co.uk. That's what that's. I, I really like Hotmail. People say I should just use other one. But I really <laughs> like Hotmail. I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm a pop-up so and there's angersh.com uh drop me a message and i'll send you a free download i'll get you i'll get you send you a nice download so you can have a little look at your future uh yeah contact me i'd, I'd love to love you guys lovely show as well i love it it's so comfort it's comfortable your show it's oh, very easy good, yeah very very nice nice flow yeah i love it so Thank you so much. Thank you for yes. having me here. Thank you too. And I'll, uh, I'll include all the links in the show notes so the listeners can find you easily. Uh, my guest this week has been Ann Jersh, author of the book, Future Vision, Your Working Life. And you've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join me next week uh, where we continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness, and really untangle those, those thoughts and patterns that keep us stuck. So if you have not joined the Telegram group, remember, uh, I do have a Telegram group called the Create What You Speak. I'll put the link in the show notes, and you can visit my website, sloanfremont.com, to find out more. Hey.